Real leaders leave a legacy. They capture the hearts and minds of their teams. Their origin story puts the safety and well-being of their people first. Great companies ubiquitously have safe yet productive operations. For those companies, safety is an investment, not a cost for the C-suite. It's a real topic of daily focus. This is The Safety Guru with your host, Eric McCroskey, a globally recognized ops and safety guru, public speaker, and author. Are you ready to leave a safety legacy? Your legacy success story begins now. Hi, and welcome to The Safety Guru. Today, I'm very excited to have with me Cam Mackey and Dan Glucksman, uh, both from the International Safety Equipment Association. Cam is the president and CEO. Dan is the senior director of policy. Uh, the International Safety Equipment Association is the voice for safety equipment. And today, we're coming to talk about a very important topic, uh, which is around heat stress. So obviously, we're getting into planning phases into the, the winter, but summer is right around the corner, and we've had quite the hot summer. So maybe if you can start out, Cam, or, or Dan, sharing a little bit about what's the size of the problem around heat stress, and, and so we can get a bit of a sense for some of the listeners in terms of actions that need it. Yeah. No, thanks, Eric. It's, uh, Dan and I appreciate the uh, opportunity to be on the podcast. So, so you know, we're in, what, mid-September, and so we can, you know, share a couple stats on the summer that uh, we are wrapping up. It is hot, right? So this was the third hottest summer ever for the continental U.S. Um, and even though we're in mid-September right now, guess what? The, the West Coast has, is just coming off an insane heat wave. Sacramento hit 116 degrees the other day. Uh, over a thousand different heat records were broken. So, you know, just from purely a, uh, you know, what we're feeling as citizens, as workers, it is crazy hot out there. Um, so those are some weather stats, Eric. So, so we, what's the, the so what? There's a human cost of this heat, right. right? So if you think about what's the impact on our workers, whether they're agricultural workers, construction workers, you know, folks that, that need to be outside to, to keep us safe, to feed us, et cetera, 11 workers are injured or die every single day from heat stress wow. in the U.S. Um, now, to put that in context, I mean, you know, a, a single death or injury is unacceptable. Yep. But both those stats, Eric, they're above the 10 and 30-year highs. So it's getting hotter, and our workers are, are paying the price. There's also an economic cost to this. You know, the, the, some studies have shown that the U.S. could lose about $100 billion a year in productivity due to heat stress. And as you know, you know as well as I do, looking at a lot of the climate forecasts out there, as the world's getting hotter, that number's going to go only higher. So there's a human cost, there's an economic cost, and here at ISEA, we take it really seriously. Yeah, and I, th I think these are very important uh, points to talk about. Uh, you also touched on Pacific Northwest. Uh, the other one that was in the news earlier this year was UK and Europe in general. We're talking about also regions that aren't particularly used to heat stress and heat waves, uh, unlike maybe southern Texas on the on the Gulf or uh, or Arizona. So, so tell me a little bit about what are some of the themes, because you've got regions and people that are probably also not familiar with what should I do in those cases? Yeah, it, it's a great point. You know, you have, you know, like you mentioned, the UK, you have these, you know, beautiful buildings, in some cases hundreds of years old. They weren't built for this, right? right? You know, they, they were built to retain heat, not have fresh air. So, so, you know, there's an infrastructure issue. Power grids aren't built for it. But, but just as people, there, there's a learning curve, right? You know, folks where we're not used to working in these conditions, we're used to, you know, summers in, in the mid-70s. And so, 
you know, as we'll, we'll probably talk, you know, throughout our conversation today, there's a really big education curve to get over, right? So it's, it's letting, letting workers, as people know, to, you know, watch the signs of heat stress for yourself and for colleagues. And also, uh, we're really excited that OSHA, the, uh, um, uh, that they've introduced a national emphasis program earlier this year specifically on heat stress. So part of that is raising awareness of the severity of this issue for employers and for employees. So we're really excited to see that that's having, uh, uh, that that's, you know, getting off the ground these last few months. Great. So, so let's talk a little bit about some of the symptoms to look out for. So if I'm thinking uh, for myself, what should I be looking out for? If I'm looking out for my peers, what are some of the things that you should keep an eye out for? Yeah, you know, there's a couple things. Um, some workplaces actually have a buddy system where uh, individuals are, are looking out for each other. Mm -hmm. um, some of the things to be <clears throat> aware of are your, um, how often are you drinking? Uh, or say in a buddy system, how often is your, is your partner uh, drinking water? Um, you know, there's uh, sort of heat cramps. So if you or your, your partner um, are having spasms and say your arms or legs, it's a sign of dehydration. Mm -hmm. um, parenthetically, you see this on the, the playing field of sports over the summer, right? Uh, players go down and they're grabbing their shin or something like that. And sometimes that's a sign of heat, heat cramp from dehydration. Uh, there's heat exhaustion. Mm -hmm. It's kind of funny, but um, one of the one of the phases of, of heat stress goes from clammy skin to dry, hot skin. Um, so being aware of of these phases of um, of how your body is reacting to to heat, so heat exhaustion, the skin is kind of clammy, but heat stroke, um, the skin is hot and dry. So there's there's all kinds of things to be aware of, but really the the preventions uh, mm -hmm. should really be top of mind, such as drinking a lot of water, yep. taking, listening to your body and taking rests as needed, uh, and finding shade. Because I know Cam, one thing he says around the office is that heat stress is the one injury that's 100% preventable. Mm -hmm. um, there's really no reason anyone ought to be um, being injured by heat stress. Yeah, and, and I mean, Dan makes a great point, Eric. It's, it's you know, for, for some workers, right, you know, they don't have the luxury of working from home like, like others of us do. And so, you know, the, the, this really is a preventative condition, even in some tough work environments. And, and so we're, yeah, we're excited to, you know, to partner with our member companies who make this great PPE to keep people safe, to, to raise awareness that, you know, workers and employers do not have to accept that heat stress is just part of the job because it's not. Sure. So let's let's dive into some of the things an employer can do. Uh, so so I'm assuming one of it is is training around um, signs, symptoms, peer peer checks around it, uh, and, and making sure you've got good hydration. What what are some of the other things that that organizations can do to to drive a difference? Yeah, so I, I think the first thing is is really educating yourself, and that's at the employer level as well as the individual employee level. So I, I think you know the first step in that education process is you need to find a trusted partner in safety. So, so whether that's your EHS professional, 
whether that's uh, you know someone uh, if you're an end user, sure. if you're a manufacturer, someone a distributor who really can help you assess your heat stress. But what you want to do is conduct a thorough job hazard analysis, mm -hmm. and what that'll do is help you know identify some of the risk areas, some of the potential uh, uh, problem areas on your work sites and on your locations for heat stress. So that's that's something where. You know, we don't recommend just Googling heat stress and doing it yourself. So really find that trusted uh, partner in safety to do that. Um, and and you know, having that kind of expertise, they can really provide then the best preventative measures, right? The trick here is not, oh, wow, I'm experiencing heat stress. You know, how can we, how can we really triage this? The, the best remedy is getting ahead of the game. Sure. So you want to identify preventative measures. And so some of the ones that, that we, you know, recommend are, 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 are as powerful are continuous use of PPE or personal protective equipment in cooling solutions. And so this is anything from cooling towels and cooling garments, which uh, if you hasn't, haven't used before, yes, the technology's been around for decades, but it's pretty much as close to a textile miracle as I've ever seen. You put this stuff in water for, for a minute or so, and it just makes you feel cool and calm. It's, uh, it's pretty fantastic. There are also cooling vests. Uh, and then, you know, some pretty space-age technology called phase change, which, again, has been around for years. But, uh, you know, companies are doing pretty incredible things to keep uh, workers, even in tough environments, safe. So PPE is part of sure. it. Uh, regular proactive hydration is part of it. Um, but, yeah, the most important thing, Eric, is, you know, bring in someone who knows what they're looking for and develop a proactive heat stress prevention plan. I would say that the, the PPE for heat stress are really high-tech, low-cost items that keep workers safe. Cam is right that these are harnessing the latest in um, fabric and fiber technologies. Mm -hmm. For example, some of them have an interwoven pattern of fibers that will draw water away, even though they're really thin. Sure. One layer draws water away from the body and the other layer pushes it to the outer part of the fabric where it evaporates. Um, and there's, as Cam noted, there's a range of options. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, there are some hard hat shades that are designed to um, be high visible, high, highly visible for the road construction workers, but also sure. keep the sun you know, off of your neck. There's one company now that has a metal insert on the top of a hard hat uh, to reflect, you know, the radiant heat from the sun. So mm. there's a lot of innovations out there um, to keep workers safe in the heat. It's really interesting. So, so a combination of training, so you have some awareness, making sure you've got the right hydration, and then really re-looking at what kind of PPE do you have uh, and making sure it's readily available for, for anybody, particularly when the heat starts dialing up. Are, are there things that are... Uh, that should be done just before heat wave. So, so you mentioned California had a very high heat wave just a couple of, of uh, weeks before we were recording this episode. What are some of the proactive steps when you know the heat's coming and it's going to be increased that an organization could do um, to, to make sure there's no injuries? Yeah, no, I, mean, I think you're right, Eric. And so, you know, let's be honest. The, you know, the fact that we can predict the weather is... I think it's an amazing asset. You know, we as citizens don't appreciate it enough, <laughs> but, you know, we can often look several days out and see when heat waves are coming. So, again, this stuff is 100% preventable. So some of the, the, the tactics that we recommend organizations employ before a significant heat event 
is, you know, num number one, you know, you, you got to track the weather. There's no excuse. Uh, OSHA recommends the use, for example, of a wet globe bulb temperature monitor, and that's, you know, something you can use. Obviously, there are a lot of other uh, ways to find out, you know, the current and, and predicted conditions. Uh, second thing, make sure you have, uh, you know, the, the correct PPE on hand, ready to go. You might even need uh, more than you expect. Uh, but that's you know something that, that you know needs to be done in advance. You also want to think about um, changes to to um, how work is done. So for example, modify the work to rest ratio. Um, we're humans; we can't work just as hard in 100 degree temperatures as 70. So really being proactive about that, um, and also making sure that uh, you, you have a mechanism, whether it's like a buddy system, wellness assessments but that you're more continuously checking in with workers and allowing and encouraging them to check in on one another. Um, all that's critical. But then you also have to have, you know, frankly, a, a disaster emergency preparedness plan. So this could be, uh, you know, obviously, you know, first aid items, right. having uh, even a makeshift immersion tub available. So, you know, all the prevention plus, you know, uh, the tools and resources and equipment if an emergency does occur. I think the, the buddy system... Uh, you, you talk about, I think is important. It, somebody shared with me recently a, an incident where somebody was starting to feel signs of, of heat stress, um, but they were trying to work through it. And it was somebody else who, who caught it because we, we've got a desire sometimes to just fight through things and we may downplay what we're experiencing. Um, so so that, that strikes me as something that's quite important, particularly if you've got small crews that are working more independently is making sure there's always a buddy system in those heat periods. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it, it's a great point. You know, we uh, one of our members uh, makes um, basically electrolyte beverages and products. So you know, for specifically for you know industrial workers, and and you know, I forget the exact number he shared with me, but it's some shockingly high number of folks um, on the job site are are dehydrated and they mm -hmm. don't even know about it. Right. So I think you know, j just to your point, Eric, it's the we're not maybe often the best uh, uh, you know judges of how we're doing. So having that buddy system. Um, where this is not informal, this isn't where you know a couple workers decide to do this, but really where the employer is is you know creating a culture where this is encouraged and mandated, but we're looking out for one another. That's key because we are not great judges of our own condition. This episode of the Safety Guru Podcast is brought to you by Propolo Consulting, the leading safety and safety culture advisory firm. Whether you are looking to assess your safety culture, develop strategies to level up your safety performance, introduce human performance capabilities, re-energize your BBS program, enhance supervisory safety capabilities, or introduce unique safety leadership training and talent solutions, Propolo has you covered. Visit us at propolo.com. Yeah, and I, the one thing you talked about as well is really making sure people feel empowered to, to stop work, to pause if there's a need. Um, the other thing is from a hydration standpoint, everybody talks about drinking water and, or, or, or making sure you stay hydrated. But correct me if I'm wrong, it's also something you've got to uh, start many hours before you start work. It's, it's not enough to just start drinking water once you arrive at the job site and it's getting hot. Yeah. Your body has to be hydrated yeah. hours before yeah. and stays, stay hydrated. Exactly. And just like when you get overheated, it's not as simple as just you know, throwing on a, a cooling towel. It'll, it'll help. But, but you're right. A lot of these measures need to be done proactively. That's, that's just you know, the physiology of our bodies. Mm. Right. 
So, so definitely sounds like something organizations need to think about more, uh, particularly as global warming is increasing temperatures around the world. There's more and more of these events in regions that uh, aren't used to it, but it's also getting even warmer in regions that have been used to it in the past. Uh, so very much key themes I captured from our conversation is, is making sure people are well-trained uh, to recognize the signs in themselves and in their peers, that people feel empowered to, to stop work if they, they feel something's not right, uh, but then also making sure you've got the right PPE uh, in place and really looking at overall what's the PPE you need. You talked about a lot of different items from, from, from uh, clothing to uh, reflecting the heat to a cooling mechanism to staying hydrated with electrolytes. So it sounds like a lot of different pieces of PPE that should be considered um, for the summer months. Yeah, and, 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 and it's a great point. And, and the thing is just hearing you say all that, Eric, that's a lot, yeah. right? Let's, let's be honest, that's a lot for, for an employee to think about, for, for an employer to think about. And this is, you know, again, why we re recommend it's so important. You need someone to help navigate yeah. through this, right? You know, someone who's familiar with the different types of PPE products out there. Um, this, for, for most of us, it's not as simple as, you know, going online and, 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 you know, thinking that you can educate yourself in a few minutes. So really find that trusted partner who can help you navigate this, you know, to build a holistic, uh, you know, heat stress uh, prevention program. Sounds great. And, and where can they get such information? Is it, uh, would, would that be information that you can provide as part of the International Safety Equipment Association? Or is it somewhere else that they should go get some, some additional insights from? Yeah, so, so there, there are a few places. So, you know, number one for, for you know, OSHA is, is, does a fantastic job with resources around heat stress. So it's, uh, you know, they have, you know, uh, visual management, you know, posters, et cetera, you can have in your work, work site with a lot of good education materials. They have training guides. Um, they even have an on-site consultation program. Um, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't plug ISCA, our website, uh, safetyequipment.org slash heat stress. We've got a lot of good resources there, um, and you know we actually have a, a training program called QSSP or Qualified uh, Safety um, Safety Sales Professional Program, where you know, this is one of the areas they cover. Um, but also, again, just just you know uh, you know the people that you uh, rely on in your company mm -hmm. internally, whether it's EHS professionals or the channel partners you're buying um, cooling products from. You know, they're going to know about this. They're going to be able to guide you towards you know, equipment uh, and, and PPE solutions that, number one, will keep you safe from injury, and number two, when appropriate, will help prevent heat stress. Great. And it sounds like a good time to start thinking about it. I know we're getting to the winter months, so it's easy to start forgetting about it. But to, to think about all these items, you can't start doing it the day there's a heat wave announced coming in for the next day. Uh, that's going to be too late, so it's good to start thinking ahead. So we've talked about lots of different topics around proactive measures. Uh, you've mentioned OSHA. Tell me about some of the changes that are coming from a legislative context, Dan. Sure. The uh, House Education and Labor Committee just recently held a uh, hearing and a committee vote on a bill sponsored by Congresswoman Judy Chu of California. Uh, she, when she was uh, a state legislator, created the, um, the California heat stress rule. And she brought that same um, kind of passion uh, and legislation to the, the Congress in DC. The Education Labor Committee took up her bill, uh, recrafted it a little bit, and 
has told OSHA to create essentially a final rule within um, within a 12-month period uh, on heat stress. Mm-hmm. So now that measure will go to the full House of Representatives and hopefully then also to the Senate and then to President Biden's desk. Congress will need to act uh, relatively fast, but so there's some movement in, in Congress. Mm-hmm. Also, OSHA has, as Cam mentioned, the National Emphasis Program. Uh, that's a three-year program uh, calling on a wide range of employers to, um, uh, to focus on heat stress. That National Emphasis Program also focuses OSHA's enforcement staff um, on heat stress and tells them that anytime they're doing an inspection, also be mindful of how the employer is handling heat stress, uh, making mm. sure that there's a heat stress plan, um, and to some degree that workers are involved in implementing the heat stress plan. So there's a lot going on um, legislatively and regulatorily on uh, on heat stress prevention. Perfect. So just another reason to, to focus on this and, and making sure you've got your, your game plan for, for the upcoming summer season. Right. Cam, Dan, thank you very much for, for coming on the show, sharing some very uh, important information on a, on a hazard that's becoming more and more prevalent um, and, and helping listeners think about strategies and approaches to, to make a difference around heat stress. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for inviting us, Eric. It's our pleasure. Like what we do? Share this on your socials and tell everyone. Thank you for listening to The Safety Guru on C-Suite Radio. Leave a legacy. Distinguish yourself from the pack. Grow your success. Capture the hearts and minds of your teams. Elevate your safety. Like every successful athlete, top leaders continuously invest in their safety leadership with an expert coach to boost safety performance. Begin your journey at execsafetycoach.com. Come back in two weeks for the next episode with your host, Eric Makrowski. This podcast is powered by Propolo Consulting.